This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support the show. Uh, hello. Hey, bud. How are you? I'm all right. It's been a long week. It has. I was just... Um, a friend of mine lives in apartments about a mile away from me, and there are three of us that hung out in her like back area where there was some grass there because it's Midwest. There's grass everywhere. Yeah. And... We met at five and Hammond was like, okay, we're going to record at nine. I was like, great. And then he's like, JK 10. So I did kind of forget that I had to come and talk to people. I see how it is. Well, I had a couple glasses of wine, but don't worry. I got 35,000 mosquito bites up and down my legs. So I don't think there's any blood left in me. So I'm having a glass of wine. So my my blood is going to be 100% wine because... (laughs) It was all sucked up by Midwest garbage mosquitoes. How are you doing, nice. bud? I'm doing all right. Are your kids being really chill and great no, and no. lovely? Are they reading a lot of books? What's their favorite book? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're reading. That's what they do. They're <laughs> watching TV <laughs> nonstop. And basically, all good parenting has gone out the window. But whatever. Well, last night, I don't have children. But last night, I got stoned and watched... Um, <laughs> watched Zodiac and Donnie Darko in a row. Which are, I, at least Donnie Darko, you can only watch stoned. It's the law. Yeah. Um. If anybody wants to explain. So I lived with no, college roommates who were into Donnie Darko. Because yeah. I'm, you know, I, <laughs> I'm of the age that like the edgy kids in my grade really like Donnie Darko. I don't know what happened. I think I enjoyed Sounds it. like you understood it. Yeah. Yeah. Right answer. Um, when he said, when he's like, how come you're in that stupid bunny suit? And Frank said, how come you're in that stupid human suit? I was like, that genuinely is the <laughs> rallying cry for all men my age. <laughs> Why are you wearing a stupid human suit? It was, it was like a fight club, like the substitution for actual depth, but it sounds interesting. Anyway, my point is, you know, I talked to some people today, so I'm in a good mental space. I saw people who weren't my husband. <laughs> when, Hem- when Hemant called me, he's like, I can't pick you up on the microphone because I forgot we were recording. I was just excited to talk to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I've only talked to people four and younger for the past 17 hours, so we're good to go. Inter- but I-, I hear kids are really wise. Are they really giving you any... Uh- uh- I I will true story. Uh, picking up my daughter from my parents' place today. She, We're driving he's back. He's the one who's almost five, right? She's, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Play Lizzo." Okay, fine. Just as long as you shut up, I'll play whatever you want. <laughs> so I'm playing Lizzo. This question comes out of her mouth, Daddy. What's a side chick? <laughs> I'm like. Ask mommy. All I right, let's. This one has pretty mommy. lyrically dense songs, so I'm kind of impressed. There are many words outside chick. I yeah, I was like, I guess of all the words, I'll take that one over some of the other ones. Oh, that's so good. Why didn't and she? I, I did not answer her question. No one answered her question, and then she forgot about it. So we're in the clear. <laughs> Is that how five year olds do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really wish your daughter had like the thing she took away from Liz. I was like, how come men say they're going to be great till they got to be great? Are men trash? Dad, are men trash? And you can finally be like, yes, my, my sweet young daughter. Yeah. 
Oh, all right. Do you want a good story to start out with? I got I mean, a good one. I'm in a weirdly good mood. So So here's this happened last year. I think we talked about it when it happened, but I got an update oh, for God. you. So last great. year, this guy named McCray Game, which is a name you made fun of, I'm almost positive. I <laughs> That's right. I'll I'll yeah. I gotcha. McCray so, Game, G-A-M-E. That's right. He made an announcement that after two decades running an ex-gay Christian conversion therapy group that Um, was most recently known as Hope for Wholeness, um, he was leaving. He said he had actually quit in 2017, but now he was leaving the movement because guess what? He's gay. And he's like, I always was, I still am. Also, conversion therapy is very harmful, and it's false advertising. So that was Um, a big deal, because this was like one of the major leaders of the ex-gay conversion torture type of thing. uh, I don't want to step on your really good story, because it's very good. But there's something called McCray Gamefell, which I, is a Hawaiian no, rooster. No, no, no. So I'm assuming I'll remember that's what that he was for named after. Go ahead. Sure. That's it. <laughs> so here's the story. Here's the update that just happened today or yesterday or something. Um, hope for wholeness. I guess in 2017, this guy leaves. He wants nothing to do with them. They that was years ago. They looked for a new director. They finally got one. She leaves. They have been directorless. No one wants to run their... Do you know anything about her? Was she queer as well? I looked it up and there was nothing all that surprising. It's one of those like, oh, she's basically a Republican who has experience in uh, conservative Christian groups. No surprise. But for whatever reason, she didn't stick with the organization. So they issued a press release today uh, or whenever. It's been a tumultuous several years for us. We lost the founding director, searched for two years for his replacement, hired a new director, and then lost that director as well. (laughs) After much prayer and discussion, we have made the difficult decision to dissolve the organization. (gasps) No. Yeah, this is not an easy decision, but we do believe it's the right decision. What news? Yeah, so hope for wholeness, the anti-gay, we're going to pray away the gay stuff. They're gonna disappear. And were and they national or were they local? Fifteen states had affiliates and members, so it's one of the larger ones. Because again, yeah. Exodus International was the major one, and that group uh, basically in 2013 uh, quit for all the same reasons that the founders are like, you know what? Nope, this doesn't work. We're all gay. <laughs> And they left. Hope for Homeless was an offshoot of that. And now they're quitting. There aren't that many of these groups Hope for left. Homeless. Hope, whole, whole. Wholeness. I yes. kept hearing. Because if homeless? you're gay, you have a hole in you, I guess. Yeah, you but do. now you can become whole. Um, I heard you. Kevin. I got the joke. Kevin. I got the Kevin. joke. Don't worry. Kevin. Get a hole, huh? Mm-hmm. Very uh-huh. nice. Wink, wink. No. Can you hear me winking? Um, which says proves I heard you wink. It proves a couple things. One is like the ex-gay movement. It's garbage. Is garbage. And it's done. It's like over. They don't have any large groups left. Really. That's, Maybe wh- one. What is now? I, I think the ex-gay thing is is a huge tragedy, right? In, in American culture of, uh, of an entire group of people who 
have been so rejected by society that they don't feel like they can be who they are. But I feel like genuinely we as a, I think it does say a lot of us as a culture, not just that gay marriage passed, but we have normalized non-heterosexuality pretty quickly. The fact that the Supreme Court voted this week on like trans rights and you believe it. Yeah. And even some Republicans didn't, you heard it, you heard complaints from conservative Christian groups, but not really from a ton of Republicans other than, mm, all right, like they didn't raise an outcry like they did with marriage equality. Right. And the fact that it's not because they're fine with trans people, it's because they're just like, yeah, we lost this whole battle. And it's, it's very, not the court. It's that everything. would have been a hard argument to win. I mean, not with the courts the way they are. It would have. No. Still, a bit of hard argument for the conservatives to win. Yeah, and we'll talk about the Supreme Court case in a little bit. But yeah. uh, one of the things about this particular case that even Gorsuch said in his thing is that the whole case was if if there are laws that say you can't discriminate, and they say you can't discriminate on the basis of sex, Gorsuch and the majority said, yeah, that applies to gay people, that applies to trans people. They fall <laughs> under that definition. And basically his argument was, some conservative Christians are like, well, what if I'm a Christian business owner and I say I'm not hiring a trans person or someone comes out as trans and mm -hmm. I say I'm a Christian that goes against my views. I'm going to fire you. Gorsuch said, that's a different question. We'll deal with that later. Yeah, I was in but a the, position. Is that how it would be described? Uh, I think that's improper I, legal not, language. But what okay. he said, what Gorsuch said is, look, the case is in front of us. Literally, there's no religion involved. It's someone who was hired for a job. Then they came out as trans. And the boss said, I'm firing you because you're trans. Or you don't present the way your birth sex says, sure. you should be, whatever it is. Um, and Gorsuch is like, yeah, I mean, that's discrimination. That's not religious. You get a religious pass on this one. That's straight up bigotry. You can't do that. Even John Roberts is like, yeah, you can't do that. That's why it was a 6-3 vote. But the religious right. exemptions are going to be challenged. Like, sure. they're going to fight for that. And they're probably going to get it. Because Gorsuch implied he would vote for that. And I think it was Roberts that said this, but I could be wrong, who said, well, I can't fire a woman for dating a man. So there is no way I can I can fire a man for dating a man. That's like the definition of unequal treatment under the that's law. Gorsuch. Like, yeah, that's what, Gorsuch? that's what he wrote in the decision. Basically, he's like, yeah, I that's feel that Gorsuch writing the uh, the writing decision. The decision. I've so a couple things about you know one thing is if let's say Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote that decision I think it would have been a lot easier for uh, Republicans conservatives in general to be like even if it was a six three vote they mm -hmm. would have been like yeah well look who's writing it liberal sure. courts the fact that Gorsuch wrote it say what you will about him because he's not a good judge I don't like him on the bench mm -hmm. but the fact that he wrote this one is very much a, yeah, good, because it's coming from a conservative on the court. Like, that's kind of where you want these rulings to come from. You want Anthony Kennedy to write mm -hmm. the marriage equality ruling as opposed to one of the more liberal justices, because it's it means more coming from them. But do you think this, um, this falls under the line of, well, we knew that, I feel like we've seen this of conservative judges of, mm. well, we figured this would pass anyway, so we're just going to, vote for it so we can at least say we are bipartisan 
But I this doesn't, Gorsuch, it didn't feel Gorsuch like that. has a history where he never voted on this stuff ahead of time, but according to people who knew him when he was being nominated and confirmed, uh, like his former clerks are like, hey, you, we like, we know you, you're our boss. We're getting married. We're gay. We're getting married. And Gorsuch is like, oh, that's wonderful. Good for you. Like he didn't have any animus toward them. And the people close to him are like, we don't think he's anti-gay. We know he's super conservative. Sure. But also no one really knew until now, like kind of where he officially fell on the line. So, but again, it's one of those, this ship has already sailed. I mean, it should have been an I know decision. What the hell is anyone doing being against? Sure. Uh, Honestly, I I have this weird, like, nagging obsession of wanting to know when you see things like this, generally conservative judges voting in what you and I would consider a very liberal, you know, for a liberal uh, result. Yeah. I'm sort of obsessed with knowing, like, what's in their brain in terms of, like, what makes this okay, but... Gay marriage isn't okay, or I mean, whatever. Like, the, I, I, I'm trans of, decision, like, the line that they walk. The trans rights decision. The lawyers for was it the ACLU? I think it was. They basically said to Gorsuch, "Look, this is straight up. You like going to the original documents, and what did the law say? Well, guess what? It's if you're dating someone who's a woman, you would not have fired him, but because they're dating a guy, you would have fired them. That is sex discrimination because if he were a different sex." you would not have this issue. They basically spelled out for Gorsuch, look, this is your argument Mm -hmm. that you like to make. And he made it. Um, And even John Roberts, what was the other case about the, uh, was it the DACA one Mm -hmm. uh, this week? I didn't. Basically, uh, what John Roberts said for the DACA case is he's like, look, I would totally give you this win to the Trump administration, but you guys are too stupid to fill out the proper paperwork. <laughs> like, so I'll vote with the liberals because technically you didn't do it right. Yeah. And so like, it's very much, they are, if it's very ambiguous and they could go either way, I've seen them go conservative every time. Mm-hmm. But when it's so stupidly clear cut, like the DACA case was, like the Trump administration were straight up wrong in how they went uh, about it. You say it's stupidly, stupidly clear cut, but there is still you know, between two and four judges who... Well, let's put it this way. If someone, if some governor said, we're just going to ban abortion for everybody, doesn't matter when, forever. It's just gone now. That is such a gross overstepping. Mm -hmm. It's not even saying, well, we just want all abortion clinics to have, to act like hospitals, Uh, which is wrong, but it's like... Yeah, and they're kind of just pushing at the edges, trying to, like, kill abortion with a thousand cuts yes and there that's where the conservatives are like yes do that we'll vote with you but usually if anyone oversteps they're like nope you're making us look bad when you do this so we're gonna rein you in do you think this kind of falls in a roe v wade sort of situation where roe v wade is technically more about uh, personal privacy more than your right to they're gonna abortion. No, there are going to be abor- there are abortion cases they still have to rule on. That's not gonna go well. I'll call that now. There's a big church state separation case where can you have state money going to religious schools? Mm-hmm. That's not gonna go. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm, the- I'm sorry, go ahead. Are they yeah, gonna say like the privacy issue? But I'm talking specifically about like the thing about, well, I can't fire a man for dating a man because I wouldn't fire a woman. Doesn't that feel like sort of a technicality of 
you technically can't fire them because you wouldn't fire a woman in the same way. Like you technically can't rule a woman's X, Y, Z because it's between her and her dog. It, it feels like a very similar road to me as somebody who's deeply not a, a SCOTUS scholar. Yeah. Um, it, it I, I don't like know. I walk. Maybe, but I don't think there's any hint anywhere that these judges are going to support abortion rights as long as they can get away with it, with their arguments and say, look, this has nothing to do with our personal beliefs. Like you have violated as long as they can do that, they will. And I fear that all the good rulings have now happened. Like they're totally going to save the bad ones till now. But honestly, I will take two good two pieces of good news this week it's i mean it's it's been a rough one and could have been could have been worse and it could have been worse and i what was it i think monday or tuesday i think it was monday morning right that they ruled for the um gay trans rights one yeah and i basically was off (laughs) was off social media for the rest of the day and was like i put on my my t-shirt that I bought from like the ACLU or whatever of, um, of the white house that's rainbow. Yeah. And I brought my dog to the park for like three hours. Cause I was like, listen, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this tiny victory that I have and just sort of sit with it for a second and enjoy the world moving in the right direction slightly. And Oh, you poor deluded person. But you know what? I had a very nice afternoon. <laughs> Uh, let's. My let's dog talk- fell into the water. Sorry, go ahead. Oh she my god, fell. she's the dumbest animal that's ever existed. She fell into water. <laughs> We're gonna go talk about. Uh, I'm pretty sure his name is pronounced Pastor Louis Giglio. I, many people are like Giglio. No, it's. I think it's Giglio. Say, is how he pronounces <laughs> it. But basically, here's what that sounds like. My in-laws trying to pronounce my parent, like my mom's family's name. Like, oh, in Goglia? No, it's in Golia. Yeah. G's are silent in Italian. Suck well, my dick. We have culture too. Haven't. That is just like Thanksgiving dinner everywhere. Suck my dick, family. <laughs> um, so this this pastor Giglio. And the Christian rapper named Lecrae and the Chick-fil-A CEO, Dan Cathy, for reasons I have not figured out. This is the beginning of a joke. Yeah, it a should rapper, be. the CEO yeah. of Chick-fil-A, and this other guy <laughs> walk into a bar. They met up. They met up at the pastor's. They met up at the pastor's church in Atlanta last Sunday. And the bartender said, a, why the long face? Stop ruining the story. <laughs> hey, they went to this church on Sunday, and they were going to have a long discussion about racism, which I guess is why you want... I don't know why you want the Chick-fil-A guy there. He makes no tell sense. the races of the people present? Uh, take a guess. No, I want you to tell me, because I've never guessed well in the past. Sure. The rapper, I presume, is black. He is. Dan Cathy is, white. is uh, he's translucent, and uh-huh. Pastor Louis is white as well. And that plays into the story, because at one is point... Is this rapper somebody in particular who... He's... Speaks- He's big in the Christian world, and no one's heard of him. Maybe outside okay. of it, he's no, a I, Christian I just rapper. Didn't know who he was. I'm not trying to like discount his experience yeah. or anything. Um, he's popular in the Christian market. Mm. Um, I don't think he's gone mainstream with anything, but I could be wrong. Uh, anyway, so at some point, here's the argument I think Giglio was trying to make. He was trying to say this. This is me steel manning, giving him benefit of the doubt. He was saying, look, 
whenever I have a conversation about race with other white people, one thing they get hung up on is this concept of white privilege. And he's like, you know, I want to tell them you have white privilege. And he's trying to explain it to them. But some people get very defensive about that. And so he was making this argument saying, I think one way to get over that hurdle of trying to explain to white people that they have privilege is not using that word. Because for so many people, it's like a loaded phrase that they feel very guilty about. So he said, what if we talk about a white blessing? Like because of, and here's his argument again, steel manning it. He's saying because of things that have happened in the past, because of the history of racism and slavery and all that, you have it really good and you need to recognize that and you have been blessed. Okay, that's what I think he was trying to get at. Here's what he actually said. Oh no, tell me. All right, and now I'm quoting him. Okay. We understand the curse that was slavery, white people do. And we say that was bad, but we miss the blessing of slavery. (laughs) That it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in and lived in. Okay. And wait, one more thing he says. He says, I think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing, that I am living in the blessing of the curse. Let me tell you about the good side of slavery. Okay. Let me like soften slavery for the white people so that they stop being racist. Hammett. <laughs> yes, 10,000%. This is the world's worth works take. <laughs> However, and I am not defending this guy, and I want to be really clear about that. I get his instinct of. Right of trying to mold this reality in a way that's more understandable for other white people. Totally with you. That's that's what a communicator does. It's like, yeah, it's your job to tell, communicate these hard truths to people. And okay. I kind of see what he's trying to do. I, Oh yeah. 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 The thing is, I, I'm pretty empathetic that he, cause I've talked to some people who are, difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) are going to agree with me and there is worthwhile methods of trying to sort of play with language in a way that says okay well it's not that you have white privilege because yeah you got a flat tire and i guess your whiteness didn't save that from (laughs) save you from that Mm -hmm. but I think he did it poorly, but I think there's also a way he's not wrong is what I'm saying. I know this is terrible, but I'm just thinking of the ways that I'm. Um, I'm I'll help you out here because it seems like you yeah. want to defend the idea of what he did, but you know, there's something weird about it. Yeah, I mean, but he's the, the thing that's weird about it is that he's talking to idiots who need to have it fucking spelled out for them. That's yeah. the problem. He isn't the problem. The problem is he has to right. talk to people who don't understand why, like, having ancestry of slavery somehow reduces your chances of success in this life. Like, that's not the fact that some people don't get that and need it explained is a problem, right? Um, and but also here's here's where his words became a problem because it's not just the intention because I think everyone understood what he was trying to do by and large. Um, One problem is that the fact that you have to whitewash the reality of racism 
for an audience so that they get it. Isn't that a perfect example of white privilege right there? Right. That, oh, oh, you have to soften the language so I get it. Like, black people don't have the courtesy of saying like, oh, don't call it slavery. Call it like, no. I'm looking up right now and I'm having trouble finding it. But the thing that really um, sort of, oh, Levittown, that's what it is. Mm. Um, It is one of the things that sort of put it in the most stark uh, contrast is not just, oh, your family came from slaves, so you're necessarily like starting behind the the, the starting line. But I, I think the best way to explain these things and explain what white privilege is, so there's a place called Levittown. I first learned about, again, I can't be clear enough. My white privilege is always showing. But I, I heard about it first, listening to The Dollop. It's um, episode 310, Levittown, The Whitest Suburb. And it essentially it was about a, a a suburban town that was made for um, for veterans of World War II of using the GI Bill, right? Like you're coming home, you fought for your country, and you get the opportunity to buy this house and then build your life. And then, you know, your kids have the opportunity of living in a house that has a mortgage instead of a rental or whatever. And in Levittown, it was supposed to be that. And then every time a black family tried to move in, the fucking town rioted. Mm-hmm. And so it to me, it's a really um, easy way to say like, well, if my, like me, Jessica, if my great grandfather didn't own the house he did, he probably wouldn't have started the business that he did, which trickled down to. It's like the biggest head start. It, absolutely. And when you look at something like this of a black family in the 40s couldn't buy a house and so they had to rent something and that is something that means there's no inherited wealth that goes to their mm-hmm. kids. They're not gaining anything by their living situation. It's little things like that that I think are really important to help people understand that it's not like you and me haven't could have started at the same place and whatever, maybe you being mm-hmm. Brown hurt you. It's more about our grandfather's grandfathers and, and what that looked like. And some to, and to wrap it back to the point that we're talking about, sometimes you have to talk to old white people like they're fucking idiots. And the con, if the concept of white privilege makes them uncomfortable, like, Good. They should be because oh, you, you, be you can't soften the sort of reality of what you're talking about. My one of the reactions that I really liked came from uh, Rob Lee, who's a guy we've mentioned here before because he's a direct descendant of the Confederate commander Robert E. Lee, like several generations down. But he's been super progressive about everything. So he's been like, oh, you want to tear down the statue of Robert E. Lee? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Fuck Mm -hmm. that guy. Like Never. (laughs) Right. So what did he say to Giglio's comment? The notion that enslavement is a blessing is nothing short of white supremacy. It also happens to be bullshit. Yeah. Um, So anyway, after all this happened, like a day later, and after everyone was like, dude, what are you doing? He finally issued an apology, and he said, I won't read the whole thing because he said this on Twitter, but I apologize for the phrase white blessing. I extend that apology to my black brothers and sisters. Here's the actual part of it. In trying to get that sentiment across on Sunday, which is what we talked about, I use the phrase white blessing for which I'm deeply sorry. Horrible choice of words does not reflect my heart at all. I don't, to be clear, believe there's any blessing in slavery. 
To the contrary, what I'm trying to understand and help people see is that I, my white brothers and sisters, we sit in large part where we are today because of the centuries of gross injustice done to our black brothers and sisters. Which is fine. Like, yeah, like that's what you... Am I wrong that I don't think he was... Am I a bad I, guy in the story that I don't think he's the bad guy there? I, I genuinely think he was doing his best to to reconstruct the concept of white privilege to people who never considered it. I think if he limited himself to doing that and it's and that's all that happened, I don't think he would have gotten any pushback. But the fact that he's saying this is a way to get through to all white people while you have a black guy who's right there who knows what he's talking about. And the fact that it never got through to Giglio that, hey, you know what? This may come off the wrong way. Like this guy has no one in his life circles who's ever said to him, maybe don't use blessing and slavery in the same sentence. But do you think that was his failing or do you think he was reaching so hard to? That's it. He's trying. He's trying to do the right thing. And the way he goes about doing it, anyone should have been able to see like, nope, that's a horrible way of trying to do the thing you're trying to do, which is not bad. But the method, meh, not so much. I, uh, I don't know. It, the thing is, I don't, the, the reason I don't think he's the bad guy here is yeah. because he's not wrong that white people gained immensely from black labor and slave labor. Well, like he gets the problem. What would be a better phrase though? White blessing is not it. White privilege is what they're going for. So the question is, what's a better phrase that he could have used? I don't know off the top of my head, but I feel like the lazy ancestors who made black people do all your fucking hard work. I I, what else would you say? Like, how else can you convey to a deeply racist person that you are literally living on the bodies of black people? Like, I think to say, yeah, you. If use some synonym for privilege, you've been really lucky. Your ancestors had a head start. Whatever you want to say to not blunt the reality of it, but to suggest this is when it's like someone has cancer and they're like, this is part of God's plan. It's like, that's horrifying because that's a horrible anyone's plan. And it's the idea of saying this thing happened. Let's always cast it as a good thing or part of something that is good it's like, no, just stop using that Christianese language because don't tell someone who lost a loved one, like, don't worry, they're in a better place now. You're not helping. Or someone uh, has know, a disease in a hospital, like, this is what God wants. It's part of a master plan. Like, you're not helping and saying that slavery was a blessing for white people. I think that, ah. That's the thing is, like, haven't you and I are living in a universe that if if my mom died of COVID or whatever, and somebody told me, oh, well, she's in a better place, I would lose my fucking mind. But if I'm a different person and I lose my mom and say she's in a better place, that is really comforting. I I have a hard time um, railing on this guy who's trying to use definitely problematic language, but the language that he thinks is going to get through to the idiots that he's talking to, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my issue is still the word blessing that at no part of any of this, I'm with you. He's not the, he's not the worst guy in the world or anything like that. Uh, What bugs me more is the fact that he just used blessing and slavery connected as a thought. 
And it never even crossed his mind that it would rub anybody the wrong way. And they would all see it as, oh, yeah, it's a loaded term. Just use a different one. But I one. think that's more on his How does that not than it is on him. Because no, I disagree. Well, he's a pastor. He should know how to communicate. It's the same thing with David Richard Dawkins. blessing to white people. Slavery is the reason that the South was built the way it was built. It was absolutely but like. It you're using it differently. You're using it differently. He's saying God blessed white people with this. Not not a more uh, like, yeah, you you got it lucky. You got a lucky lot in life because this happened. Okay, that's fair. The way he's using it is saying, no, this is what God wanted. God made you white. Okay. God loves you more. That's the way it could have come across. And that's the language part that's problematic. Lecrae 1000% fair. um, Lecrae posted a statement saying he wasn't okay with the comments, even in the moment, though in the video, he's like, yeah, yeah, nodding. It's like clapping. (laughs) Right. Uh, But he said he was very uncomfortable. Uh, Yeah. We've talked about Richard Dawkins, too, where a lot of times on Twitter, when he says things that are cringeworthy, it's not because he's trying to be cringy. It's because he's like, well, here's a simple way of saying whatever stupid yeah. thing it is he wants to say. And then he goes to the weirdest possible analogy. Yes. Didn't he do the ones like rape is bad, but like getting raped by your friend is worse? No, no, no. He did vice versa. Point, something he said like that. Isn't getting wor- raped at night knife point worse than getting raped by your friend? Yeah. Which and was- what was the point of that? The point was saying. Oh, there was no, there, it was the point was a logic statement like A happens, but B is worse. Like it was, he was trying to make some point about something totally different. And it's like, dude, of all the examples you could have chosen, that's what you went with? I feel like that's what this guy's doing here. It's like, I get what you're trying to say. But really, that's yeah. And, and Richard Dawkins is is speaking so out of pocket, right? And in what he's talking about, like he is a zoologist, he understands. Uh, listen, I, I don't think <laughs> he. I, I've read Richard Dawkins' books. I respect him a lot. Genuinely, his writing changed my life in a lot of ways. But I'm not looking to Richard Dawkins to talk to me about like feminism in 2020 like sorry but people like, are looking to this pastor to talk about racism well, and he's, isn't the problem with organized religion is we always look to one person to have all the answers for everything i think that's yeah. really the difference between atheism and 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 religion is i can look to richard dawkins to understand evolution in a way that i wouldn't have understood because spoiler alert i'm kind of a dumb lit major so like nobody i feel like my whole timeline is full of dumb atheists lately where it's like oh god you said what doesn't make you smart i i you're right i know i trust i trust richard dawkins holistically to explain to me how evolution works and why and where we can see it right and like nothing else Yeah, and that's yeah. okay. He is brilliant at the thing he does. Nobody asked him to also speak about sexual assault against women. Right. I don't care about that. Like, Hemet, I like you a lot personally, and I would ask you about math a lot. Like, <laughs> if I <laughs> if I had like an ADA compliance issue, I wouldn't go to you just because you're a smart atheist. I would go to literally anybody else. So I guess. The the problem is you go to a pastor for everything, and they're not experts for everything. A pastor or anybody, your teacher, your mother, your whatever, 
cannot be all things to all people, right? Like you need to be, am I yelling a lot this episode? I don't know. I just talked to people for the first time and I'm just like feeling really hype. <laughs> uh, here's another story that I want to get your take on. Yeah. Uh, after the Supreme Court's decision in favor of gay and trans rights for at least three minutes before they overruled that. After, and there's yeah. no controversy um, and we can move on. Right. There's a writer for the Christian website, the Gospel Coalition, Kevin D. Young. He did not like the ruling. No surprise there. Yeah, conservative Christian didn't like the ruling, but he proposed a solution. He says we can fix all this uh, because his fear is we're losing the culture wars. We conservative Christians are losing the culture wars. Here's his solution. Uh, I'll quote directly. Here's a culture war strategy conservative Christians should get behind. Have more children and disciple them like crazy. Strongly consider having more children than you think you can handle. Wait for it. You don't have to be a fertility maximalist to recognize that children are always lauded as a blessing in the Bible. No. <laughs> Everyone's a quiverful family now. Hammett, you have two children and are barely holding on with both. That is hands. accurate. And you have a wife who's much smarter than you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're dying. <laughs> and this guy wants every Christian to have all the babies. I have a medium dumb dog and she's been driving me <laughs> crazy during this quarantine. <laughs> Oh, the babies. What about money? Don't babies cost money? Or did I? Yeah, he didn't. I read the piece. He did not talk about the cost of child care, which when you have like there's he has no idea how much babies are. Like I'm sure he does. I'm sure he has a million kids. So like, what are they going to pay for? The mom's baby. 24 seven babysitter. He also did not talk about what to me seemed like the obvious rebuttal, which is if, if conservative Christians have a million babies, they are not going to have a million conservative Christians. A bunch of them are going to leave. Mm, like, Yeah, the internet is really harming their side. I looked this up. The Pew Research Center did a survey a couple of years ago where they said, what religion were you raised in and what religion are you now? Oh, interesting. And so looking just at the, the information for people who had two Protestant parents... And they asked, like, not just one, not mixed. <laughs> no, they they said, what percent? That's the word they used. Are they didn't Protestants break it down. the most obsessed with passing along to their children? Are Protestants chill? They, 79% of the kids, or they're older now, but they said 79% of them were raised with two Protestant parents, and they call themselves Protestants today. 79%. 79%. But... That's- we don't we don't know how devout those 79% are. Maybe some of them never go to church. They just say I'm Christian because that's what they're used to. But 21% walked away to a different religion altogether. Hmm. Um, but again, the point is they're not all gonna turn out like little U's. It's Yeah, but they're they're working better odds than than we are as atheists having two and zero children between us. <laughs> But okay, another thing he didn't talk about this either. Like, he seems to judge women only by how many children they can bear. Like, women have children. That's it. That that's all the use they have to him. Because what if you're infertile? What if you don't want to have kids? What if you think God spoke to you and said one or two babies is enough? Or what if you hear me out? 
Yeah. Some women can't have children. Right. And it's like, not their emotional fault. <laughs> yeah. And like he doesn't care about any of them. But again, the whole thing goes back to we need more kids because that's the way we will go. We'll defeat gay people. Like, first of all, if you're having a million kids, a whole bunch of them are going to be gay. Right, statistically. Statistically. Like, and by the way, the Wait, idea of we... Gay culture or liberal culture? I Well, specifically all the culture war stuff, so LGBTQ rights, okay. uh, Bibles in schools, stuff like that. That's what he's worried about losing. But again, you know when you say we have to have a bunch of kids so we could train them the right way? Not you do that. You do that when you have no chance of convincing adults that you're right. Like, it's not like his arguments work with people who could think for themselves. He has to, like, brainwash kids. That's his... He's openly admitting that. You know, there was some cult that their whole thing was abstinence. Like, nobody could have sex. <laughs> and then they realized the fatal flaw of their yeah, cult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, if you have stupid ideas to begin with, your kids are more likely to run the hell away from you. Yeah, uh, and I, I, it's, I, I feel like it's so much harder in, in 2020 to raise isolated children right like when you look at the duggars or whatever yeah when they were growing up sure they didn't have internet at their house they didn't have phones or whatever and and growing up i had some internet but it was only because my parents sought sought it out now i don't know how you can raise a kid besides i mean essentially telling them that everything on the internet is evil which is probably honestly pretty true but during quarantine, but it's really, really no hard to block like, keeping keep the kids socially, off. yeah, socially isolated, emotionally speaking. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to do it. Um, different story. Yeah. Uh, this happened this week. It didn't get a lot of coverage because the world's on fire, but it's important. Here's the background you need to remember because I had to refresh my own memory on this. In July of 2018, Jeff Sessions was attorney general. Remember him? He was attorney general for like a little bit. Um, And Donald Trump signed an executive order a year earlier saying he was going to create something called the Religious Freedom Task Force. Yes. And it's like, what is the Religious Freedom Task Force? Are those the people who are banging on my front door right now? (laughs) Like, oh, stop it, Jessica. (laughs) No one, because no one knew what it was, because they wouldn't say. The only thing they said in the initial press releases, um, and by the way, Jeff Sessions formed it, in July of 2018. But basically all they said was this is to defend people who want to use their religion, uh, who don't want to be discriminated against for their religion. So we're talking the Colorado baker who didn't want to sell a wedding cake to sure. same sex customers. The religious freedom task force was designed to protect people like him as a part of the department of justice. Um, that's it. But here's the thing. After they announced its formation, no one knew who was on the task force. No one knew officially what they were doing, which is weird because it's a taxpayer funded. I mean, it's part of the DOJ. It's taxpayers are funding this thing. What the hell are these people doing with their money? And what are like they're using resources. They're using time with these lawyers at the DOJ. What the hell did they all do? And so at the time, and then by the way, like in November, so they formed it in July. In November, Jeff Sessions was fired. 
and mm-hmm. Trump installed another crony or something. Mm-hmm. And then no one heard of this task force at all. Like I looked for it. There was no news about the task force after that. It pretty much just disappeared after Jeff Sessions left office. Okay. And so the question is, well, okay, but while they existed for a few months, there were people, they had a meeting or two. What did sure. they do? So there were a lot of groups like the Human Rights Campaign, reporters that filed FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act, saying, hey, government, give me everything you got on this. As pesky assholes who just like Mm want to know what they're doing with their money. (laughs) Yes. So the king of all FOIA requests, this guy, Jason Leopold, who works at BuzzFeed, who is so good at getting everything FOIA'd, Mm -hmm. he this week got a hold of the FOIA. He finally got a response. For, for the FOIA request mm-hmm. about the Religious Liberty Task Force. And he posted it on Twitter. It's a long document, but he posted four pages of the agenda of one of their meetings. And guess what's in the agenda? Nothing. Bullshit. Farts. Nothing because every line of it is basically redacted. It's <sighs> blackened out. What? It's treated as classified information. Imagine like a yellow highlighter over a page, but it's sure. all dark black Sharpie. You can't read any of it. They won't tell you what they did. We do not learn under the heading of like talking points regarding religious liberty litigation. We get the headline and then we're blacked out underneath it. They won't tell us. What? There was something in the documents that said we're meeting. I don't know. We're meeting with the Mormon church's quote, government relations guys here in DC. That was an email. That was a line in an email. And then what did they talk about? No one knows. Like I'm not that. It would be conspiratorial to say something illegal happened, but not everything is sensitive information. It's not all names and emails. Like it's just tell us what you it's did. Li- it's the most basic function. Like just is- tell us what you're doing. Nope. They're treating it like some CIA black ops. Whatever. Do you know? I mean, there's never been a, and I'm using big air quotes slash yeah. jerk off hands yeah. task force about religion. So it's not, there's no, Everyone was pretty clear this is just another Christian right way of use of getting into the government if you're the Christian right. Because no one was expecting the task force to be like, well, what do Hindus think about this? They don't care. No, they don't. Um, But it's not clear what they did. It's not clear how they use their resources. But staff was working on it. They were answering emails about it. Do we know how much money this task force got? No, and I don't know if it was a money thing so much as we're creating this thing, which means there are staffers at the Department of Justice who are tasked with setting up meetings, doing something what they're paid to do. There's a transparency issue for sure. That's like first and foremost, but I'm just curious. But I don't have a dollar amount for you. Ay, ay, ay. Like, what is this administration? Yeah. By the way, Leopold, the same FOIA guy, uh, just posted something else today, unrelated to this. It was some other issue. Oh, I think it was he got a copy of the Mueller report, or at least a page or two of it, that used to be redacted and blackened Uh out, but now it's not. And, and so he was able. Trump is a fucking idiot. I think idiot. they found out Trump knew damn well WikiLeaks was going to release information about Hillary Clinton ahead of time, which he always denied. Now we know because that's what the thing showed. Anyway, but honestly, who cares? Nobody cares. He's as much a villain as he's rated on a curve. Thought, and 
nobody who supports him cares. So, like, what the fuck are we... <laughs> I don't know what else we can say about Donald Trump that would get anybody to... I've never seen a presidential ride. candidate so eager to kill off his own base. He's doing this rally tomorrow. I mean, his base is... Dead on yeah, the Yeah, no, white but... people. He's definitely trying to kill them. Yeah. Well, hey, we didn't talk about Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. I'm very white embarrassed. I didn't learn about it until like three years ago. Yeah. white... It took me a while to, but good. Make more people aware of it. Trump yeah. has not tweeted anything about it, I don't think, today. Oh, you don't fucking say? Oh, except know, for surprising. today in a press release, he said that he <laughs> made Juneteenth famous. Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, different story. Let's talk about... Oh, hey, let's talk about Trump. Um, Remember a couple of weeks ago, he did that photo op in front of a church? Yes. And it was... And he tear-gassed people along the way. Do you Get remember this. that? Yeah. I do. In Michigan, um, there was a polling firm that basically did a poll. They said... The the stunt that he did took place on June 1st. So what they did is they... I'm sorry, when did it occur? It occurred on... I can't remember. Oh, yeah. The photo op took place on June 1st. They did a poll in Michigan between, you know, do you like Joe Biden? Do you like Donald Trump? Um, From May 30th to June 3rd, they did a poll and they said Joe Biden has a 12-point lead in Michigan. Same group does another poll. then. But the window is shifted. Now it's from June 1st to June 4th. So it's a day later. And the only change, the only thing that happened in the news that really changed is that Trump had that photo op during Mm. the entire period of the second poll, whereas it was not the entire period of the first poll. Right? Interesting. And that second poll, fully with the photo op, gives Biden a 16-point lead. Oof. And so the person who ran the polling said he attributed the quick drop to public backlash and negative press resulting from Trump's staged photo on June 1st. He said that is, by the process of elimination, the only reason that you go from a 12-point lead to a 16-point lead, talking about Biden. Uh-huh. Um, basically saying that was the... if How hilarious would it be if that photo op cost him votes when that's literally the only reason he did that. Good. Like, ugh. I guess who, I don't know. The thing is, Hammett, I don't know anymore because in my brain, I think who is the person who is interested in voting for Trump and is thrilled that, I don't know. That's not true because people are into tear gassing protesters. They think that anybody who's, I don't know, man. Like The only people, look, the, the, Christian Wright voted overwhelmingly for him in 2016. They're the only ones kind of interesting right now because they're the only ones who can lose votes. Like they're, they can either not vote. They can vote for Biden. Yeah. So it's not like the people who hate him are going to change their minds or anything like that. You're right. The people who love him, love him, but there are a lot of Christians and we uh, conservative Christians. They have been dropping in recent weeks saying Mm -hmm. don't love what he's doing. And they are backing. I mean, if some of them stay home in swing states, that could be a big deal. So, yeah, I mean, Hillary lost by a hair, and that was with Russian interference. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, go campaign in Wisconsin, I guess. <laughs> I'll talk about the Boy Scouts. They announced this oh, week. They, what did they, they do? put out a statement about Black Lives Matter. Uh, 
it wasn't a good statement. It was a very bland statement earlier this month saying like people should be the best versions of themselves. Uh, we at the Boy Scouts have had between three and seven children of color and our scouts. So we're pretty into equality. Yeah. People within the organization were pissed off at this statement they put out because they're like, really? you didn't say anything. You're just oh. saying like, let's all be nice. Like, oh, so they're they're mad because it was a shitty statement, not because yeah, they were supporting point, Black Lives Matter. They were like, no, you should. They were like, you you need to support Black Lives Matter. Support because that does fit in with the values of the Scouts. Sure. And instead, you put out this like, let's all be nice. Like, no, you're not helping. So the Boy Scouts said a couple days later, they put out a se- second statement. This one got a lot more specific, and they seem to be like, okay, we're trying people lay off. So one is they did say Black Lives Matter, but they Uh also said we are going to, if you want to be an Eagle Scout, which is the highest rank you can achieve in the Boy Scouts, you are going to be, you have to, yeah. They said we are going to require you to earn a diversity and inclusion merit badge. And what does that mean? There's a lot of components to that, but what it means is like you have to learn about and engage with other groups and cultures to increase understanding and spur positive action. So basically, there's some shit you got to do to earn this diversity and inclusion merit badge. The things are good, like more power to them. And they're saying you can't become the top rank. You can't be an Eagle Scout unless you do that, which... Good, fine. Like, that's a nice way of using your organization and saying, look, within the our bubble of what we do, mm-hmm. this is the way we are supporting that. And to me, that seems fine. What made me laugh a little bit is this idea, like, we are all about diversity and inclusion. They still ban atheists from yep. joining or leading organizations. Uh, they say our scout oath says I will do my best to do do my duty to God. The scout law which says their goals includes reverent because you have to believe in God. Mm-hmm. They don't care what type of God, which God, just God. So the people who are all about diversity and inclusion are like, nope, no atheists still. And they're losing members. They're basically bankrupt. They're not going to be around much longer, but they're still sticking to the anti-atheist thing. Listen, if that's their important thing, it's sticking in their guns of fuck atheists. They're the real problem with this country. Like, fine. I don't... Then wither away and die. That's fine. Uh, Right. And if it was just a private organization, I would be with you, except schools let them in. They recruit kids at schools. Uh, Less so now, I think, but... Uh, that's why it's an issue at all because they get and the president was like the honorary leader is always like the honorary leader of the Boy Scouts like they have public ties didn't Trump make a joke about fucking some lady he did he spoke at a Boy Scouts jamboree and made inappropriate jokes and that was years ago and then it got dwarfed by the other 90 dumb things he did that day yeah man like uh, I will tell you my favorite Republican atheist story this week. Yes, please. The person who is Republican atheist. There are more million moms than there are Republican atheists. But the one Republican atheist put out a video talking. She just discovered Act Blue, 
which is the donation machine for the Democratic Party. Screw them a few times. Yeah. If you're donating to any elected Democrat, you basically go through a system called Act Blue, which allows you to save money. Uh, I'm sorry. It allows you to save your preferences so you could donate repeatedly. It's a way to make small donations happen. Because of Act Blue, because every candidate isn't using a different system, Democrats have raised more money for all candidates. That's what Act Blue is. Right. Republicans were so jealous of the fact that these Democrats are raising money that this year, literally this year, Mitch McConnell forced the entire like party to say, you need like we need to build our version of this and everyone needs to use it or else. And so they built one called Win Red. <laughs> I was hoping yeah. it was gonna be Act Red, and I was really excited about that. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Republican atheists discovered Act Blue, and they realized, wait, other progressive organizations are also using this. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> and watching, watching them go, watching them never realize that Republicans have the same thing, and there's nothing wrong with that, per se. Like, just finding, it was like a five-minute rant about Act Blue. <laughs> it was great. What were they complaining about? Like like the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a progressive organization, however right. you want to slice it, whatever problems they have, they're a progressive group. Act Blue says, let us take care of your donations too, because they make money off of transactions. Sure. And it's easier for the organizations because uh, it's a lot of work when you're trying to collect money from the internet, uh, like trying to install PayPal or whatever. It, like it. Different groups yeah. take different money. So they say we're open to progressive organizations as well. And so the Republican atheist person was like, the Southern Poverty Law Center is an arm of the Democratic Party. I'm paraphrasing. That's not what she said. But that was the gist of it. She thinks like all these progressive groups are therefore in cahoots with yeah. the Democratic Party, even though they claim to be nonpartisan. And it's like they're just using the money machine thing. Yeah, it's hard to turn down some good cahooting, you know? I oh, know. Um, I had one last short story for you. Okay. This one just happened in England. There is a middle school. A uh, 14-year-old girl was taking an online class for her school. It's a religious education class. They're teaching okay. the middle school kids about different religions. And she was doing a homework assignment. And one of the questions is... Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, like, what do Roman Catholics think purgatory is? Pretty basic question. Like, what is purgatory sure. if you're a Catholic? Sure. And here are the options. It was a multiple choice. Multiple uh, choice. Yeah. Here are the four options. One is a place where some people can be purified for their yet forgiven sins before moving on to heaven. Um, another one was another name for hell. Uh, a special hell for non-Christians until they are convinced to accept Christianity. Um, and here's the fourth one. So excited. A special hell for pedos and kitty fiddlers. Oh, kitty so the girl's dad saw this. All right. The Brits do have a way with words. <laughs> and he's. I always thought they called him kitty fiddlers, but like, what do I know? Yeah. So the dad is like, if it had said pedophiles, that would have been weird enough. But to use, <laughs> but to use slang like pedos and kitty fiddlers in a quiz oh, for teenagers buddy. is just wrong. He goes on to say, if it's. 
an external thing, the school have still included it in the homework. Sure. It's shocking, inappropriate. The school said we're investigating. It's been removed. Like, sorry. Jesus. Jesus. Um, before we wrap up, can we talk about um, uh, Ashley Smith, the founder of Reopen North Carolina? Oh, God. What did she do? Uh, so, reopen everything. Restaurants, ever just oh forget my God, everything. I don't want... <sighs> This is the one we talked, Todd Stiefel, the atheist philanthropist, put a hired a plane to go above the reopen North Carolina rally. Mm-hmm. What did it say? I can't remember what his plane said. Uh, that's not on my... Uh-huh. But yeah, what, what did this lady do for reopen North Carolina? So, uh, so North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper said that wearing masks could, could be made mandatory across the state. Uh, And so Ashley Smith, the founder of Reopen North Carolina, said in a video posted to Facebook, quote, as you know, we're a group against mandatory anything. And we're for when we're for personal liberty and the Constitution and personal freedom. Smith then went went on to claim a mask, quote, does not prevent the spread of COVID-19. Untrue. Despite the Centers of (laughs) Disease Control saying a cloth based mask may not protect the wearer, blah, 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 blah. Um, so while holding up a mask, Smith said, this is not a sign of your compassion or how much you care about any other human being. This is a sign of control. This is a sign to tell them if you're going to comply. And then she burnt the fuck out of that particular mask in a cast iron skillet, which is she honestly burned her mask. not a great use of a cast iron. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, when she burned a mask. You know when you're a person who's never been repressed any time in your entire life, and then you're one, talking about people with white blessings, <laughs> and then one mild inconvenience happens to you, and you think you're the fucking minute man of the Revolutionary War. Yeah, no, it's not great. Uh, God's sign that he flew over their rally was fewer graves if we reopen in waves. Okay, okay, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 for rhyming. Yep. 4 out of 10 for uh, portraying important information to people who are seeing that. <laughs> that doesn't mean fuck all to anybody who's reading that at the end of a fucking plane. Usually planes feel like about drink this. Of light. We, we get what that means. We talked about this one group of the reopen protesters, because a news camera was filming them on the ground, and they're like, oh, look, there's a plane. It's a banner. They're supporting us. Then they read the message, and they're like, Oh, <laughs> and the they news, did know what it meant. The news camera saw their reactions go from like the happiest smile you've ever seen to oh no, they're making fun of us. <laughs> That's like, very buddy, good. everyone's making fun of you. Yeah, you are the. You guys are somehow worse than anti vaxxers, and I thought that was the worst of the, the anti vaxxers are not burning up vaccines. No, but they're emotionally burning up vaccines, I would say. Ah, where do we find you? Oh, okay. You can find me. Oh, I need to look up a, um, what's it called? You can find Jess at Blueberry. You can find Jess at Blueberry. (laughs) B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Give me one second. Yeah, I'm I'm at Emmett Meta. You can go to uh, FriendlyAtheist.com. Go to YouTube. Search for Friendly Atheist. I have videos now. Um, Um. I'm going to read our most recent um, review. 
Uh, can't get enough of its sat. I think it means satire. It's from Cool Movies with a Z. If you like the stuff, the Daily's, Daily Show, The Young Turks, and want something that sums up the latest scandals with witty commentary while organizing how this sums up today's political climate, then jump right into this fun tour de force. I would definitely say I'm the John Stewart of podcasters <laughs> in my kitchen. I would say there's nobody in here more similar to John Stewart than me, nice. which yeah, I'm into. Um, you can, uh, also, if you want something made, uh, I have an Etsy shop, Bitches Get Stitched Done. I've been making a lot of custom stuff for listeners, which has been a blast. And uh, if you want to hear more non-religious shit from me, my husband and I have a podcast called Cooper Duper. It's about Twin Peaks. It's a watch along. It's been a fucking blast. We're about to wrap up the first season. We're both very excited to be there. Uh, Hemet, where can we find you online? Uh, they already know. Oh, did we already do that? Go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye guys. Bye.